1: In 2018, the Marvel Cinematic Universe turns 10 years old. Avengers Infinity War draws near. And in an attempt to make sense out of all that's happened up to this point, we find two intrepid individuals. Peter Melnick, local newspaper production associate and mild-mannered comic book and podcast enthusiast. And Eddie Wilson, morning radio announcer in Sullivan County, upstate New York with an inordinate amount of catching up to do in his own comic book universe. Alone, they stand apart. Duh! But together, they are the Marvelists! Once he was a man like most others. A worldly man, seduced and jaded by material things. But then he discovered that separate reality where sorcery and men's souls shape the forces that shape our lives. In that instant, he was born again to become a man like no other, a man who left us behind as he strove to stand against the unseen subtle perils hovering thick and black around our fragile existence. Stan Lee presents Dr. Strange, Master of the Mystic Arts.
0: Welcome, everyone, to The Marvelist. The Marvel, would we even say it's Marvel MCU? For now, it's MCU, right? It's Marvel-us. It's a Marvelous podcast. And we are right there in your ear holes. First off, Eddie, how are you? I'm well, thank you, Peter. Uh, hopefully yourself. I'm, I'm pretty good, I'm pretty good. But before we get into today's topic matter at hand, Hey, Eddie, how can people get a hold of us on social media? Well,
1: I'm glad you asked me that, because I'm sending it right back to you. You have this down like nobody's
0: business. Well, Eddie, you can find us on the Facebook at facebook.com slash The Marvelists. You can find us on Instagram at The Marvelists. You can find us on the Twitter at The
1: Marvelous. You can
0: find myself on the Twitter at Peter Melnick and yourself at eWilson959. Oh, and by the way, if you have an email, drop us an email. The Marvelous at gmail.com. You can also rate, review, subscribe, and share on iTunes. And when you're on iTunes, yeah. be sure to five-star, keep a 100, do the thing, you know. Wow. All lot of the stuff. above. Yeah. I if they'll so. let you. Also, as permitted by law. Also share this show on social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Vero, maybe? I don't know. But, Eddie, since the last episode, some things have happened. Yeah things involving the upcoming Avengers Infinity War. And let me tell you, one of the things that was mentioned was, first off, we ended up getting some new commercials in regards to, you know, television spots. I saw some of them. I'm digging what I'm seeing, but not too much groundbreaking stuff, you know? That would be
1: a, you know, spoiler alert, possibly. Yeah. We know it's all about the hype, and it's getting at. It's been getting that before this stuff hit the stuff hit the, hit the air, so to speak. But... It's just coming along, progressing the way they they wanted to the directors and so on. It's it's it needed it probably if they did no commercials that would probably even cause more of an uproar. Or a, what's going on? How come I don't see anything? It's coming out or whatever.
0: I'm still like I'm surprised a company has never done the whole. You know what? We're just going to release the movie and just not you know do any promotion for it because we <laughs> we're we're that confident in our own product you'll watch it. And we're not even talking about stars,
1: celebrities being on, you know, the talk show, the late night talk show circuit, that kind of thing. But I know that's got to be a component of it as well. I'm not up late enough and I don't DVR it to see that,
0: but I'm sure that's part of it as well. And I think it's really interesting that they're doing the press junkets right now. They're getting, you know, they're bringing the actors and actresses out talking about it. And it's kind of cool seeing, you know, they're enjoying themselves. They're having a good time doing this. The one thing that I did see actually today before this recording was a
1: fan thank you kind of a through the Facebook. Yeah, and on that Marvel's was, Facebook. Yes, was through, you know, 10 years and starting off with Tony Stark. And everyone's getting Jr., emotional. And everybody pretty much gets a say, except... The Chris only Pratt. time Yeah, the only time he, he does an emotional sh- shot kind of thing in... I think it's a comic panel. He's sitting at a table, but the only one in this in this tribute that really doesn't say anything, and it's it's split because you have two people instead of one at a time close up, is Olson and, of course, the Iron Patriot. I'm mixing up the uh, Don Cheadle, but only Don says his part of the line, and and Scarlet Witch just is, is just looking indoors,
0: smiling. She just does a, a sup nod. Yes, sup. exactly.
1: But it's you know all, throughout the ten years as the script is playing in between the actualities, testimonials of the stars. And there's been one constant thing: you. And so it's a big tribute to the film.
0: Yes, why you you. And I think it's really cool that you know, we're getting these. You know, it's it's a very emotional thing in the sense that you know people are expecting, quite frankly, maybe spoiler potentially we don't know that mm. Iron Man's gonna die. Oh. That a lot of people are talking about like that's the one recurring thing people keep talking about. The one thing we were talking about was it seems like nobody wants to work with or Iron Man with Tony Stark, everyone's favorite coworker. And now, and now he could be set up to be the one to expire. Oh boy! And I, I think it's going to be. I don't want to think about it. Yeah. No.
1: No. The other thing you don't want to think about. I can talk about for a little bit, I suppose. Well, well before I, I heard, know we'll get, we'll get know, to that
0: man. We will just we'll save the big news for last yeah, then. Okay. okay. Wherever you want it. But next up, you know, speaking of Infinity War speaking of we ended up <laughs> you went wide eyed for that one. Oh,
1: sometimes you have to.
0: But what's going on right now is the Russo brothers are, you know, as well are on the press tour and they are talking about how they feel that a Secret Wars movie mm. would be perfect to utilize the characters if the Fox deal goes through. Utilising the X Men, utilizing Deadpool, utilizing the Fantastic Four, etc. Utilizing the utilizer. And when you think about Story it, that is, itself. when you think about it, that actually is a really great idea. You you know, no bring question. them in through that.
1: Yeah, no, no question about that. That would be if we can do Infinity War, Secret Wars? I'm yeah. Definitely.
0: Especially because, honestly, Secret Wars is a story where you see the characters for who they really are. Yeah. You know, you see Peter Rasputin, Colossus, royally dish the bed with his relationship with Kitty Pride.
1: <laughs> we'll have to go back to the revisit that from, what, 84, I think, when it first yeah. came out. And we'll get introduced to, among other things,
0: what, the, Beyonder. the Beyonder. With his jerry curl. And Spider-Man's new costume. Now... That's going to be so confusing because so over the weekend I went to the movies and I saw A Quiet Place, which, by the way, good movie. Check it out. Whatever. But beforehand, we, I got to see the trailer yet again for everyone's favorite, not a Spider-Man movie, but kind of is, mm. Tom Hardy rides a bike and gets an MRI, the movie, a.k.a. Venom. and <laughs> <Okay>. See, <laughs> I'm excited for it, but I'm not at the same time. And Well you gotta figure that one out, don't you? Yeah, I'm 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 apathetic if we're being honest. But how can you do a Spider Man movie without Spider Man? I know, you said that last but week. But the black suit. How yeah. how are we going to explain that then? Well, you know you
1: won't have to. It's I hope already so. been
0: explained
1: if you're following the bouncing ball of movies into this. So it's going to be a already understood when we last saw
0: our black last time mm-hmm. on the marvelous, right? We are currently seeing also once again the bonanza of merchandise. Eddie, have you seen anything in stores recently that has you know caught your fancy with the Infinity War in general?
1: Uh, the only thing I really did see through you was the Gauntlet, and
0: and what a fine Gauntlet it is. That
1: well, actually, that notwithstanding. And a, yes, a mighty fine piece of equipment that is. Are the uh, the line of inexpensive uh, Titan heroes in the, the Hasbro line that are you know being slabbed with Infinity War on the boxing and so on?
0: I've been seeing every once in a while like new things just randomly popping up at certain stores. About two weeks ago, because of Toys R Us going out of business sale, I came across the Mar or the Lego Brickheads of. Gamora, Star-Lord, and of course, can you guess which ones I bought? Them. Yep. Not the movie we keep talking about. <laughs> oh. Th- third week in a row. Yes, give it up for those big ants. People out there, if you can, give that movie a watch. Check it out online, I imagine, or like you know, look for it on Amazon Prime. Whatever you can, give it a watch.
1: Sci-fi, sure, for sure.
0: Eddie recommended. Mm-hmm. So, anyway, they also had, you know, like I said, the brickheads for Gamora, Star Lord, Thanos, and Iron Man. Wow. And I might be going back for the Thanos one at least because I kind of like how it looks with the little brick hand and it's got the Infinity Gauntlet on there with little squares indicating each stone. Sure. So, and I, I haven't even set, I haven't even put together my Star Lord. You will. I will. And you'll report back to us. The Gamora one, though, is. Or else. My, Believe it or not, the Gamora one is my favorite because of the the use of color on it and just like how bright and vibrant it is. It's
1: not easy being
0: green. Damn right. She pulls it off, even for a square head. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I want to say with the merchandise coming up, people have actually been complaining about, believe it or not, Black Panther, that there was a quote unquote lack of merchandise. And I would say it's a 50-50 kind of thing because mm. yeah, there is... But it really depended where you went. Most likely. You know,
1: well, you can split these hairs any way you want to, but from all the money that came in just for the box office. But there was and could still be more Black Panther merchandising that comes out there besides an action
0: figure, besides the Marvel Legends characters. Other uh, than of that. Other than him being in one of the Lego sets, there's been nothing Black Panther related for Infinity War. And I actually under, like I understand why they're doing that. Because the Black Panther merch is still relatively recent. Yeah. So they don't want to be like, uh, here's a Black Panther, but same one in a different box. You want it? <laughs> yeah. I just
1: acquired a Black Panther coffee mug. Oh, yeah? That will it's temperature sensitive so oh those the the close-up headshot will change coloring between a cold or a hot
0: beverage and it's just so it like like i said people are you know complaining about the fact that you know there's not much merchandise and i agree and disagree at the same time because like for example whenever a marvel movie comes out you better bet your bottom dollar that if you go to a walmart you're going to see a marvel t-shirt at least one or two Yep. When Guardians Volume 2 came out, I was excited because I'm like, wow, I can get a, you know, cheap Guardians t-shirt, you know, for like $7.50. Like there's probably going to be a ton. There was one. <laughs> so you could imagine my, you know, dismay and disheartenment. Chagrin. Now Black Panther on the other hand, there weren't many, but there was like maybe one or two. I think I'd
1: seen a line or a couple different versions of of hats. Yeah. Actually
0: like otherwise but like, there's
1: there's some there's stuff out there but it depends on where who's carrying it different location of a same store chain even a dollar store variety D- significant difference between for us orange and sullivan counties for sure
0: well around the time of the movie the one thing that i got excited for was you know when i went to toys r us like i said i went to toys r us in times square and the only marvel legends from black panther that were left were eric Killmonger. yeah no black panthers whatsoever yeah And I had the biggest smile on my face, and I actually, I think I told this story on the show, but hey, just like Stan Lee says, you know, this might be someone's first episode. That's it. So. Bears repeating. But basically, you know, I went there, and I'm talking to uh, one of the employees, and I'm like, man, this is really cool, you know, that his stuff is selling out. And she had a big smile on her face. She's like, yeah. (laughs) Because, not just because, you know, people are buying stuff, but the people were responding to the characters so well. Yeah. And... It is it is bumming me out, though, because as we were talking about it throughout, you know, the show, like the past couple of weeks, oh, Black Panther is still going to be around probably in theaters by the time of, you know, Infinity War. Well, that's not the case locally, at least for us. Maybe, you know, if there's a second run theater like we're near a, in there's one near us in Poughkeepsie that, you know, will most definitely be showing it. But... When I was going to the movies this weekend, like I said, I went to go see A Quiet Place and Blockers as well, which eh, it was okay. But we went, you know, we went to the movie and I looked at the showtimes for Black Panther. There were two for 2D and two for 3D. That was it. Yeah, the well, that's what day. it's
1: going to be now. In fact, I just remember seeing and or reading on the radio that Black Panther came in fourth in terms of revenue for the weekend. Yeah, eight and a half million, but it's, but it's still, still up there and the other two that you mentioned also did in their debut came in within the top 3 a quiet place was in the top spot with about 25 million and the other one too with maybe in the teens as far as millions yeah so you know a decent showing for that too
0: but like i said you know with the fact black panther is in the top 5 still yes that's impressive that's you know again the power the staying power of these characters and how people i i always say it on audible exquisite the superhero movie boom is going to... Or, you know, bust is going to happen. The bubble's going to burst. Yeah, well... I don't know when it's going to happen because... No, it's not going to be for a long, long time now. I'm saying it now. Like, today is a day of changing opinions on things. Much like I changed my (laughs) opinion on Doctor Strange, today's episode, by the way, later on, but... (laughs) Yeah. Like, I'm... I don't think it's going to happen for a long time. Like... Might happen towards the distinguished competition, but not Marvel.
1: Yeah, it could be a a tough call. It could go back to them not doing as well as Marvel in terms of movie making. You know, if they found a couple of good ones to come out, Wonder Woman being the first thing that comes to mind. If they have a couple more hits like that, home runs rather, and the rest fall to mediocre status. You know, part of what I was bringing to the table today was a short update on my DVR and how two-thirds, three-quarters of what I still have to watch are DC in nature. Yeah. Because those are the shows that are out, and Marvel's just got a couple that are that are out now
0: that I, you know, to catch up on. Now, let me ask you, you, you watch some of the Marvel shows. Do you, you do watch Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., correct? Yes, but that needs to catch up also, so... So let me ask you... The new season is where I have to resume. Because we may be doing this in future episodes. We might do it like Patreon or something. We don't know, but we've thought about, you know, maybe doing like an agents of shield, like, you know, go through, you know, hmm. yeah like once a week, do two episodes or once a week, do three or whatever. Like, on, like as a side thing or whatever, or once a month or whatever, mm-hmm. but is agents of shield worth watching? I, I was discussing with people on Marvel studios, subreddit, You know, they basically said, like somebody said to me, it picks up towards the end of season one and gets better from there.
1: You know, I'm not sure. It's it's great, I thought, in the first season. And I think the momentum somewhat carries. There might be a couple of spots where you get confused and say, where is this actually going? But it is on a different level than watching a full-blown MCU, you know, Marvel movie. Right. It's not... drudgery or a chore to to watch that i'm not sure where or what the premise is where they're going by what going into space i think with this newly started season right but you in some cases you do get to learn more about some of the characters that you already had known perhaps through the movies especially in the first two seasons with regards to colson coming back after the first avengers movie where he supposedly Was dead, but he just went to Tahiti. Tahiti?
0: Yeah. With Lola. Lola. L-O-L-A. Lola. Wow. Jinx, you owe me a soda.
1: (laughs) No, no, not at all. But I'll take the kinks and uh, wish I could fly like Superman for
0: 300, Alex. Now, before we get into today's topic discussion of Doctor Strange from 2016, there's been a lot of news going on, and... I was very 50-50. I didn't want to really talk about this, but to be honest, you have to acknowledge stuff like this. Because I told you. (laughs) I ripped my pants. No. Um, What happened (laughs) was- Great. Now
1: you tell me that. Jeez. (laughs) Topic change all of a sudden. So I need a needle and
0: thread here. Stand still. (laughs) So over the past few months, Stan Lee has been in the news. It was first because of the passing of his late wife- yeah, and then he had gotten accused, you know, during the whole Hollywood's you know scandal going on. Like he was accused of groping his nurse, I believe, something to that effect. Right. And now the new thing is, he's been apparently the victim of elderly abuse, and it involves, I believe, his daughter J.C. as well as his uh, close friend Kaya or Kia Kaya. Some, something like that right. K E Y A and a lot of this stuff's been going on and it's disheartening because as of this recording on April 10th over the weekend he was in California for the Silicon Valley Comic-Con which is actually I believe promoted by Steve Wozniak co-creator or co-founder of Apple mm, okay Woz yeah. but with the issue with Stan for example he was at this convention and there were a lot of complaints about it not at Stan but at the people involved around him. Okay? Basically to the effect of when he was doing his signing, he was one like looking tired when he was doing his photo ops, he wasn't his usual jovial self in the yeah. photos. Like you would see you know, if you look at the photo of myself and Stan, big smile, you know? And even your photo with Stan. Big smile, right? Yeah, absolutely. These, he looks tired, confused, and it's heartbreaking. And then, you know, I watched a video of him signing books at the con. Mm -hmm. And his handler next to him is going, Stan Lee, S-T-A-N, and then just spells out his name. Yeah.
1: That, more than anything, or
0: combined with what you said,
1: yeah, that's a that's a reality
0: check. And it's some people are saying flat out, you know, if this is what's going to happen to him, I don't want to meet Stan.
1: No, let him Yeah, let him let him be. Let us remember him the way we knew him. And you know, to and part of the complaining could be, hey, I'm paying 50, 50 60 bucks for this and and you know, I mean, I I don't not to have a cold heart, but should he really not be doing this now?
0: It's hard to, you know, decide. Like, I mean, he, he's he gone on record saying, hey, first off, he's going, gone on record, he report, he recorded a video for the Hollywood Reporter saying, hey, I'm okay, don't know what's going on, but I'm fine. These are, you know, this is BS going on. People are reporting, you know, BS. And he is a 95-year-old man. Yeah. Who did, uh, I think, part of the video
1: you showed me was did say that... His vision is a serious issue.
0: He's almost blind, apparently. Yeah, and he, you know, he was—he had mentioned in an article, you know, I think a year or two ago, he can't even read comics anymore. Mm. Although somebody then immediately pointed out, well, somebody should invest Stan in a, you know, an e-reader and you know do digital comics, and you can zoom in on the things, Mm -hmm. which would be fine, you know, because the minute you hear Stan Lee of all people say, "I can't read comics anymore," yeah, that's uh, that's heartbreaking. That's an
1: that's uh, ice around the heart. Yeah.
0: And, I, like, I. it bothers me because Stan is an amazing human being. Yes, he has his demons. He's—not everyone's going to be perfect. You know what I mean? Yeah. But I don't want to see this, you know, this happening to Stan. Because it's heartbreaking.
1: Yeah. Better to take him out of the spotlight, sort of, meaning get him out of the public circuit on the touring, and, and not to be cold either because he— rather keep doing that but to to relieve stress and pressure and and expectations let him go out
0: on a high note he's gone on record saying he's you know he loves doing this still he loves meeting the fans and doing this and that but at what cost Mm -hmm. you know like i don't want to see stanley manley you know
1: Uh, unless you do uh Like a private room type of situation, where it's a one-on-one, and maybe take a little little doing, but hey, he's worth it happening to it. If the people around him want to keep him out there, and he says he wants to, and and keeps doing it, then do a do a you know a private room kind of thing, and have you know of course whoever stands people are with him, and you know you you as one person interacting for however much time it is, photograph, autograph both, and you know you get that Stanley experience at this. Late stage of his life.
0: Would you say his retire or his convention tour should go? You know, now to a close. Quite possibly, yes. Because considering
1: considering what's happening of late, I don't I- think there's a turnaround from this. To be quite honest,
0: I'm not going to say what people described of the photo ops. I told you off, Mike, what it was, but I'm not. Re- I don't want to repeat it. People could just be upset because, and and you know, reasonably justifiably so that.
1: You you are putting out quite a chunk of change, and he's not on the same level as he used to be. So you know you either take him out of the picture in that way, and he doesn't do this anymore, or you lower the rates for that to happen. And you know they and, won't
0: lower. Well, you know they won't lower the rates well, because he's such a commodity. Hey,
1: just saying, that's the only option. Other option I can think of, because then you're then you're leaving people with a bad reminiscent or recollection a bad taste in their mouth about that stanley experience i paid all this money and he's not in the best of health to
0: do this so i feel short-changed ripped off it bothers and, me yeah but it bothers me that people are thinking more of their wallets than they are about the person himself
1: it's not it's not across the board i'm making a statement no i know people, i know yeah. but
0: it, like i've seen those people you know what i mean yeah. and it's just like man yeah.
1: and that's human nature
0: yeah, and it it bothers me.
1: In, money makes the world go round. If it was being done gratis all the time, they'd still be complaining. But there would be no money component in there.
0: I do, I do feel you know the touring should come to a close. Yep. Because, like you said, it's gonna get worse. And I don't know. Yeah. This is a.
1: This is just. We the people, the public, his we, adoring fans. We the
0: people. Sorry, <laughs> Follow a little patriotic. Hand for over heart.
1: Minute. Fine. Okay, are just having to now get accustomed, or have it slowly sink into our collective brains that uh,
0: that is dawning on us. Yeah, this is
1: what's happening. Yeah,
0: and like, like for example, William Shatner does conventions. He's going to be doing, I believe, Eternal Con in Long Island yes. in two months. Yes, and. He's still very sharp, very awesome to talk to, bu- okay. bu- 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 but what's going to happen when that day comes along with him? About the
1: same, on the same level, I would think. I don't remember his age, actually, either, but... He's in his 80s. Okay, well, Stan's got him all beat in terms of that, yeah. And I don't want to cast an aspersion, but I think, what do you call it, too, is up there, too, Lee Merriweather.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, I just... I want to, like I want to see Stan happy. I want to see Stan still doing the cameos in the movies cuz that's light work for him. That's literally him having the time of his life being, you know, being a quote unquote Hollywood and star. That
1: can still happen the movie stuff. Yeah. That's the magic of editing.
0: We had talked off mic. It wasn't you and I but I believe our co-host from last week, Patricio, him and I were talking about it. And during the episode you and I we uh, we had had the discussion of who would you want to see be utilized through the whole concept of bringing back deceased people in movies. We talked about it off mic, uh, Patricio and I. If it ever happens, Stan Lee. Great choice. Yeah. And you know he would do it. He would be like, yeah. yeah, I sign off for that. Yep. Because, and you could get, you know, a Stan Lee sound alike. You could maybe get Stan to record certain vocal patterns, and they could edit the sound to make it sound like he's actually saying this new stuff. Like, for
1: all we know, some vocal, some audio may have already been... Laid down.
0: Eat at Joe's, true believers. <laughs> but yeah, going away from all of that really depressing talk, and yes, we want to go on a light note. So once again, just imagine I ripped my pants. Yeah,
1: I don't know how light that is, but right, okay.
0: Well, not for me, but <sighs> Eddie, today's movie that we are talking about for the Road to Infinity War, and actually, let's let's talk real quick. We just threw up on our Facebook page at Facebook.com slash The Marvelists a poll that we're running, and it's going to last about a week as of this recording, April 10th, and it'll end next week on Tuesday. Basically, the question is, what are we going to do after Infinity War? Well, we'll obviously cover Captain Marvel when it comes out next year. We'll cover whatever when it comes out, you know, Ant-Man and the Lost in the summer. Etc., etc. Deadpool. But, yeah, but what's the next big thing? And you and I were talking about it off mic, and I made the suggestion why don't we do the X Men movies or the Sam Raimi Spider Man?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Now, what's running up on the poll right now is the following Would you like to see us do the X Men movies? When I say X Men movies, I mean X Men, X 2, X Men 3, The Last Stand. X-Men First Class, X-Men Days of Future Past, and X-Men Apocalypse. So it'd be a little over a month of films, and you, the audience, we you know watch the movies, partake in X I don't, know, I don't, something with X.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: X gonna give it to you. I don't extreme. know. Extreme. I like get extreme. Get right guard. I I don't know. But put your arms down. Or we could do the following and. This is my way of kind of edging you people towards it, because also... or are you to it. What we would like to do... Exit this way. I talked to Eddie off mic about this. It's an exodus. We would be doing maybe the Sam Raimi Spider-Man movies, and this is where I want you people to vote towards. Not going to lie, I'm not trying to pressure you, but I am. Billy Joel. What we would be doing is week one, Spider-Man from 2002. Week two, Spider-Man 2 from 2004. Week three... Spider-Man 3 from 2007. And wait a minute. There was only 3 movies, Eddie. Well, and that, that Eddie, you sounded just like me. That was weird. It's but, this weekly thing we do. It's
1: it's having an effect. Blending together. Next thing I'll be telling you I ripped my pants.
0: But you didn't, Eddie. So that's no. Good. Thank you very much. You have nice pants, Eddie. Oh. Now week 4 is going to be a mystery. We're not going to tell you what it is. You're not going to Wait, that's why we want these people to vote for this. Because, wait a minute, there's a mystery involved? No, there's not, you know, a missing baby or the Lindbergh baby or whatever. No, what we're going to be doing is something special for the last week. And we want you people, you know, to dig this. So, you can vote for the X-Men, sure. But Spidey's (laughs) pretty awesome. Just saying. Cast your vote. Don't let Peter persuade you otherwise. Don't let Peter persuade you about Peter. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Oh, same yeah, no Oh same first name.
1: How do you like that?
0: I do. I like it's it a, a lot. It's a kewinky dink. So now, Eddie, today's movie is 2016's Doctor Strange, and Doctor Strange is a character that I don't have much experience to prior to this movie. Back in you know when I first saw it in theaters, and to be honest, I wasn't that interested when I initially was about to see this. But it's a Marvel movie. Screw it. I'll you know I'm gonna enjoy it. Well. Lo and behold, you have a little bit more interest in the character than I do. Yeah, Somewhat, and
1: with, you know, comic book origins. In my early collecting days, did not, except on one occasion, go to the candy store that was there in the Bronx and the rotating... The spinner rack. Spinner rack. Which... And picked up an X-Men, picked up a Doctor Strange, picked up a Captain America, an Iron Man you know 35 cents i think were the going price at that time in the mid to late 70s and my first exposure to these these characters i didn't really get into the dr strange series collecting until maybe hearing that somewhere down the pike this was going to be
0: of some import or significance so yeah that's that's how that started with me and as a matter of fact in the 1970s they actually made a made for tv Doctor Strange film. It was a backdoor pilot It was going to be, well, if this is successful, let's make this into a movie. You know, or, you know, a TV show. Let's see what happens. Well, it sucked.
1: But... <laughs> yeah, I... You know, I'm just barely remembering that now. I don't even think I may have seen very much of it at all. It's um, awful. It Yeah, it... I guess, um... Could it even predate Roger Corman? Um, this is 1978, I believe. B-movie be, uh, be is, uh, you know... It's bad. That kind of... Uh, okay.
0: Like, it is... The '70s were not a good time for Marvel in the live action sense. Maybe the Maybe the Incredible Hulk, but otherwise, yeah, right? That Spider Man was not that good. That it's what they had to work with at the time. Yeah. I guess. My thing is this: if you can't do something, do the James Cameron technique. Technology's not available yet. Well, I'm going to hold off for now. If you can, if you can, that's a financial thing. Now. You know, this character, like I said, has been in develop was in development for decades. Okay. And then eventually in two thousand five, you know, the rights to the character, the film rights to the character, were acquired by Paramount Pictures. And, you know, with the whole thing going on, it ended up reverting over to Disney, I believe, and we ended up seeing Doctor Strange get announced as a part of the Marvel Cinematic Universe for phase three. Yep. And what I found to be intriguing is the fact we got this character that to be honest prior to his inclusion in these films was a B-list character not C-list yes. he still had you know a bit of
1: oomph to him Yeah I you know what I don't think we've even mentioned too much of any characters lower than a B so we're we're still good on that level you know
0: yeah, if we have to go C list, maybe a villain,
1: maybe you yeah. know.
0: Otherwise, the heroes though have all be- like. If we have to give Doctor Strange a you know a rating, B plus, B plus okay. plus, okay, mm-hmm. because I'm currently going through the Jim Starlin Infinity you know Crusades and everything and Gauntlet and War yada yada yada, and he plays a big part. He's valuable to this,
1: which has gotta be why he's in included, so oh, yeah. we have a point of reference and another and another character in the vast assemblage of of characters in this universe
0: and it's very very cool to see that Marvel took a chance because Doctor Strange is not a household name, no the average person prior to this movie's you know release. No one knew or cared, to be honest, you know, other than the hardcore comic fans, and those fans were just like, "Wait a minute, really? We're doing a Doctor Strange movie now?" You know, it's it's sounding like
1: the openings of a first hearing of Guardians of the Galaxy.
0: Exactly. You know, and, well, more
1: actually, maybe even more so than we we discussed on that previous episode of uh, Ant Man. Guardians were C-minus,
0: if we're being honest. Okay, so they were a lower rank. Yeah. Yeah. Like, prior to all this, like they had the Annihilation event. They had, you know, Marvel Cosmic, you know, from 2005 to whenever. But... eh, Just for the comic book fans, yeah. Yeah, it was more of, you know, if you had to be a hardcore, hardcore to, you know, know who the Guardians were. Star Prince, what? Who? Legendary Outlaw, man. You know, Star Lord? Oh, forget it. Oh, forget. Pew, pew. Lasers. But yeah, this was a character that you know not many people knew about or cared about, and you, like I said, you had to be a really hardcore fan to know who he was. And it was a bold decision because, well, if we're gonna do this, you look back at the end you know, the 1960s. Steve Ditko work—that's some trippy stuff. And yes, <laughs> to preface this, Steve Ditko didn't do drugs. He that's was an just an- the way he drew. He was an An Rand, Rand believer. That's the most extreme thing he was. Mm -hmm. And to see that artwork from a guy who is so straight, what could you say he makes look bend or whatever? Yeah, exactly. He made like a titanium pole bend, you know? But, or adamantium, there we go, boom, a marvel. Anyway, but (laughs) he... It's metal. He, you know, did all this crazy stuff, and when you think... Doctor Strange, that's what you're going to think of. You're going to think of psychedelic, crazy, over the top in the visual sense. And even his
1: start didn't come out, you know, with his own self-titled book. He was in Strange Tales. Yeah. That's cool, you know? Yeah, he paired up. It wasn't
0: exclusively him, but but you had other characters. I think even uh, Nick Fury in Strange Tales. Correct. So it was like, it was alternate. Like, imagine being a comic fan every month you get a book that has both the work of Jack Kirby and Steve Ditko. And then on certain months, Steve Ditko and Jim Steranko. That's cool. Yeah. Well, you're getting all this trippy far out stuff in the sixties. Hey, far out, man.
1: It's the sixties, of course.
0: Yeah. And it's just cool. And I would say to do this, was a bold decision, but it was a great decision and a smart decision. Yeah. And going with bold and great decisions, when we got the casting of Benedict Cumberbatch in the title role of Doctor Strange. Brimple Scramp, Stimple Stamp, you know, no. doing movies like Star Trek Into Darkness, you know, where he plays Khan, you have the imitation game where, you know, That was a major breakout role for him. And you also have him playing, you know, smog and the Necromancer in the Hobbit films. And then you bring him over to Marvel. That's a (laughs) big deal. And he's... There's a lot of BBC actors, himself included, who people were always like, well, what's going to happen? What is going to be their big... You know, who's going to be the one to really break out? And you have Benedict... You have Benadryl Captain Crunch. You have Idris Elba. You have Matt Smith, David Tennant, Christopher Eccleston. All these, you know, actors who do a lot of BBC stuff. Who's going to be the one that breaks out? Benny Hill. And when you think about it, look at this photograph is the one that broke out. Yes, I'm talking to you about Benedict Cumberbatch. Every time I do, it makes me laugh. You know, it's it's cool. And that he's the guy out of all of these, you know, BBC actors that got the big role in a Marvel thing. You have Christopher Eccleston doing, you know, Malekith in Thor The Dark World and the last said about that movie, the better. And then you have David Tennant also playing the role of the Purple Man in Jessica Jones. And you have Idris Elba playing the role of Hemdall in the Thor movies. But out of all those guys, who got the biggest role? Idris. No. Brimple Scram Stimple Stamp. Oh, I couldn't think of that one. I'm sorry. And one thing about his performance in this movie is he's doing an American accent, obviously because he's a British man. He sounds like he's from London, but... Liverpool. Liverpool. He did an accent which heavily reminded me of Hugh Laurie's From House. Mm -hmm. And it's okay. It's not the greatest thing I've ever heard. But it, it passes the mustard, you know? If you're not paying that close attention
1: to that part of it, not a problem. It's not noticed. If you don't know anything about the character, what? He's from England? Wow. Perfect, clear, totally understandable English like i first realized dawned on me when i first heard the beatles and then after singing and then hearing them speak whoa big difference my first exposure to the language thing
0: between american english and Great the Britain queen's english, english. yes <laughs> oh the queen of england's back how are you today darling oh, i'm just lovely thank you peter if she can be a recurring character on this show i will die a happy man <sighs> doesn't take much but he was a very good choice, and here's where I say Benedil Super Duper. I'm Benedict Cumberbatch. I'm I'm tired of you know Cucumber trying, Patch. I could I could go with the Benedict Cumberbatch name generator on Tumblr right now. Benadryl Cucumber Patch. Ooh, I like. At least that. that's kind of close to what it should be. You know, with the choice of casting. Buffalo Splat, you know, he he has a built-in audience. And if we're being honest here, if you brought a diehard audience in, it should be the BBC fans because they are some of the most rabid fans I've ever seen. Doctor Who fans are bat-ish crazy in a good way <laughs> because they're loyal. They're loyal to these characters. They're loyal to these performers. And, you know, when you bring in an actor— such as Butterfree, Kurtle Snoot, you know, he, he's got that loyal following and these people will go to see the movie not once, not twice, not thrice, but whatever four is in that version. Yeah. Maybe even five even. Yeah, sure. And that's a lot of revenue. Marvel made a great decision doing that. And I feel also, you know, they could have, I feel not Casting David Tennant in a major role in the movies was a major misstep because he could have gotten people to go to those movies. Mm Because, again, he's got diehard fans. They watch Broadchurch. They watch other shows he's in that I don't know of. He was in Die Hard? Whoa, I missed that character. No, no, no. (laughs) Stop it. (laughs) But, you know, he's doing all these roles. People will follow him. And that's what you get when you cast a movie star like Anglerfish Camel Toe. You know? (laughs) Now you've gone too far. Eddie, you can never go too far with Bakery Copper Wire, you know? Can't make this up, folks. Please don't try anymore. Oh, Eddie, that's not the last we've heard of Binky Dink, uh, Curdle Snoot. Wow. Now, on top of that, in this movie, what we ended up getting was the actress Tilda Swinton... And the Ancient One. It is a very controversial decision casting her. Because, first off, the Ancient One is a man originally. Yes. On top of that, the Ancient One is an Asian man. And this was an example of whitewashing in cinema, which I don't know how I feel about that. Yeah. And one of the questions that was given to us, we posed the question to you if you guys got any questions for us on our Facebook page. We were asked by B.J. Booth, was Tilda Swinton worth it? Why or why not? And I feel in all honesty, yeah, she was worth it. But what you should have done then was not make her the Ancient One. If, you know, there's the mysticism tied in with his ethnicity... That's going to be a bit of a problem, you know? Okay, well, to that end, I
1: would say, given the type of personality, which is like a Tony Stark on steroids, because it's to an nth degree of what Tony's personality is, and the way he talks to and treats women in general in Doctor Strange, then why not have it be turnabout fair play that a a woman— to put him in his place and and have it, him absorb and go through a bit of humility. Yeah, that's that's completely kind of, fine, you know. On a uh, heady kind of a intellectual level.
0: But she could have been a different character then. Maybe. You know what I mean? That that's Maybe. the thing. Like
1: how many can you put into this film though because you're dealing with altered reality in in okay. a sense and going through Time elements distor- spatial, temporal distortion of, of physical surroundings toughest part to I think f- try to
0: follow along with, in my opinion. and I just, like I said, I just feel casting her was an interesting choice. It was very it was it was not just an interesting time in hip hop people, but and it was also
1: <laughs> well, I think also giving her the type of accent that she had, and I don't think that's her normal speaking uh, register or range. She had a definitely different, I couldn't quite place to that area, to, to anything British that her
0: accent was. And it, it was, I don't know, I, I mean, I like her character. Her character was, was of importance. And yes. I'm going to pose to you something that I had recently seen. And I don't know if we shared it on our Facebook page. We might have. But this ties into Infinity War with what I'm about to say. You look at Infinity War, and Thanos is the big bad. Thanos comes to power because, according to this one meme, we lost the Ancient One, Ego, and Odin. And he may not have come to power if it wasn't for those three being around. If they were not around, he comes into power. If they were, eh,
1: nothing's More of an, More of an equal playing field. Yeah. Yeah, but with them out of the picture, then who's to stop his progression yeah his yeah. rise
0: to you know absolute power corrupting absolutely and i feel like i said it was a it's an interesting thing that we see her character combating you know against all these different elements in the movie and i did like her but i just feel like if if he didn't want to do it properly and this is where I'm fine with the Mandarin being a British guy named, you know, Slattery. But this, I'm like, eh... You know? Well, you you, and you open
1: up a little can of worms by saying you yeah. didn't do this properly. That's a matter of perspective. Yeah. So, it's uh, subjective.
0: Now, we also end up getting the character of Wong. And, in my opinion, the character of wong had to be asian with that kind of name well yeah but also (laughs) okay there's that part go ahead you have the actor benedict wong who plays the character of wong not much you know yeah there's a there's a twister for you he really didn't have to you know hey wong get over here okay no i was referring to your character yeah same thing (laughs) but pure coincidence that was that was cool and his relationship with Dr. Strange in this movie was honestly one of my favorite, one of my favorite pairings in the MCU. And for example, you know, people found me funny. How did that work out for you? Just that level of, do you ever laugh? Do you ever smile? It was so great. Like it's, it was one of those relationships that I just could not get over how much I enjoyed. And, I will say it. I will preface all of this with this. My initial viewing of this movie, I did not care for it very much. It was average. It was whatever. And one of my biggest complaints was always I'm sick of origin stories. Yep. Now, you needed it here. Road to Infinity War has opened my mind up to certain things, changed my opinion about things, and changing opinions is what happened with this one. This movie. I enjoyed more and I got to, you know, enjoy it through the watching the relationship with Wong with the character arc we see with Tony. You know, it was just it was great. And, you know, you also introduce a character such as the bad guy. Correct. Played by Mads Mikkelsen. Kyle's. K- Kaecilius. There we go. You're going to be saying that name every single time. I'm going to point to you and you're going to say it. So that character, that guy. The bad guy, Caesilius. There we go. He wasn't the greatest bad guy, but he was useful. Yeah.
1: He, yeah. he definitely was.
0: He is an example of a villain that he was there and he did his thing and he's done. He was one of the villains. Yeah, there. but having an actor like Mads Mikkelsen is a big deal, and I feel to an extent he was kind of wasted in a way. I, I he don't wasn't know about the, that. He wasn't fully utilized to his best, but with this cast, that's a given. Like I said, you're acting against actors like Benedict Cumberbatch. You're acting against Tilda Swinton. You are acting against some premier talent. So I can understand getting lost in the shuffle. Mm-hmm. But I would say it works for what it's supposed to be.
1: You know? And then when the movie starts off with a beheading...
0: Oh. ...and
1: just to steal a page from a book... Yeah, where is this going all of a sudden? You're introduced to a portal which I believe the technique of the buildings, the whole landscape changing, and I hadn't seen this movie either, was introduced in the movie Inception.
0: Yeah, yeah uh, the Christopher Nolan movie Inception. So
1: Right, exactly. And then conjuring up these mystic or shield-like weapons. But, you know, there's components in this movie that strike of other Marvel movies. You've got, like we mentioned, the the, char- the main character, Stephen Strange, having a knowledge of not only what he does, but excelling in it, and knowing he's, you know, all that and a bag of chips. And... And to the point where he can nail down the song, the artist, the year it came out, and go, and go right to, you knew eventually I would get to that part. Eddie, um, it's, <laughs> and it's, to like, a,
0: it's like you got your medical degree in this movie.
1: Who <laughs> would have thought? And to a, uh, another degree of a halfway decent for when it was used soundtrack. Of the, I, of the songs I, that were in
0: this Yeah, I enjoyed the music that they utilized Whatever music they did, there wasn't much yeah. But there, whatever was used was yeah, good but it's
1: like all of a sudden when a music song, A song came on that you, you just instantly Oh, I know that, you know, for the most part just, All the single ladies,
0: all the single ladies yeah, well, oh oh oh, oh. oh, oh,
1: oh. Right, there's the library scene, right? Where I think he, Stephen pops his hand through to steal a book And I'm going to talk of, in there.
0: I want to talk about that scene and other scenes in general throughout this this was the quote unquote least funny marvel movie we've seen up to this point there were parts that were funny though we didn't Correct. kind of
1: expect it and maybe that made those parts a little bit more Correct. enjoyable funny
0: yeah that's what i enjoyed about this like humor was there but it gave more of a focus on the overall story and humor was there but it didn't overshadow the importance of the movie. No, correct. you know, and I like that about this movie. I thought when, it, when a joke, you know, was there, it landed beautifully. And, you know, you have, like I said, the interaction between Dr. Strange and Wong, you have the just overall dynamic in the Dormammu scene, because there is humor in the Dormammu scene, you know? Yes, just the ludicrousness of that, which, by the way, for the people out there, this movie was actually had some rewrites, if I remember correctly, and one of the people that did a rewrite for this movie was Dan Harmon, co or creator of the show community, as well as co-creator of the hit Adult Swim show Rick and Morty. And seeing Harmon listed as a writer. It's believed that he did the Dormammu scene, which, if you've ever seen Rick and Morty, it's very much, you know, a space, you know, intergalactic kind of show, heavily reliant on science, and just over-the-topness. What scene best reflects over-the-topness with intergalactic stuff like that? Dormammu, I've come to bargain. Dormammu, I've come to bargain, and yeah— I loved it. And I I had to go the north another Dormammu I, I come to bargain just because
1: there's about 6 more to go.
0: Oh, there's many more I'm trying more to,
1: to go. space them out because that's about how many times he comes back and you know, you don't get the whole all that all that whole line in there, but you get at least you're knowing it's happening again. And and it's good, but the thing that's not good is seeing how many ways Doctor Strange winds up dying. Dormammu does him in, and then he just
0: comes back. Dormammu, I've come to bargain. And like I said, this scene which people believe was, you know, rewritten and helped out with by Dan Harmon of Rick and Morty fame and community fame, I feel, and I, I teased this last week on our Captain America Civil War episode, which you can check out on iTunes, SoundCloud, and all that good stuff. This shows Dr. Stephen Strange... Through his character arc of being an arrogant prick, just an arrogant over-the-top prick who thinks only of himself, to ending the movie, literally getting repeatedly killed for, quote-unquote, all eternity. That's a hell of a character arc and shows how he is the most selfless, the bravest, braver than Captain America, I'll even say. And I'm saying that.
1: Yeah, I know. You're saying that. Yeah.
0: He's the bravest of them all. Because... Iron Man didn't kill himself repeatedly. Captain America didn't kill himself repeatedly. Star Prince didn't kill himself repeatedly. No. Uh,
1: you know Strange. what though he didn't it's not a matter of suicide here when you say kill himself. But when you so, go through so that, what? Yeah. Get killed. Yeah, but kind of you... thing. But yes, but I think he also had not arrogance, but he had confidence in and some degree of faith that by doing this Dormammu would come to bargain. Exactly. And so there's a gamble, a risk, you know, that kind of thing. So, yes, we can go the selfless route and say that, yeah, he he did shine and uh, earn his hero stripes, as it were.
0: And I would say he did this also because, as you know, it's discussed in the film. The reason he's always so successful is because he doesn't want to experience failure. And he's doing this so he doesn't experience failure. There you go.
1: So, in that respect, you could twist it and say, he's doing something for himself. I, so, I wouldn't, uh, I can understand the selflessness thing, perhaps more to. so a whole arc, but don't put him up, way up on I, that pedestal. I still say he should, though, because he's did- definitely recognizable,
0: but not, not, you know, we're not worthy status. Yes, of he did it for himself to an extent, but he also did it because he wanted to save the ones he loves, like Christine. Yes,
1: yes, the Rachel McAdams character.
0: Who, by Christine the Christine
1: Palmer, Dr. Also in this...
0: Doc- oh, her name's Dr. Doctor also? Dr. Doctor, Doctor also Doctor and Dr. Strange. Also
1: Palmer, didn't you know?
0: Yeah. Strange and Stranger, perhaps. Potentially. And like I said with her, she was one of those love interests. I don't know how I feel about her really as a love interest compared to, you know, Natalie Portman's character in Thor and Thor The Dark World or Gwyneth Paltrow's Pepper Potts in the Iron Man films. But for what she was as a love interest, she was average, kind of forgettable, because I, re-watching this movie, I'm like, oh, yeah, she's in this movie. Yeah, she'll bring him back to life also with the astral scene fight, the astral self fight. I just, I don't know. There's this thing about her character that wasn't 100% perfect, you know?
1: Maybe not enough. Screen time, but I... I More progression she should have had. Yeah, maybe, but I think you come into her character and the relationship of where it had been a more intense relationship between the two, and now not so much. So you're backing off on that character, and that's okay. Yeah, I can understand. Move the main story along. Meaning, you don't drive your Lamborghini in New York City, going out across the George Washington Bridge, on your cell phone, looking at something, and it's raining. They all don't mix.
0: And then my, you go boom and fall down. Sorry, but this is, in a lot of ways, the biggest fail of a don't text and drive PSA. Because essentially the message is, well, if you text and drive, you're going to get in a car accident, but you might be able to get cosmic power. So there's the, there's the silver lining, people. Yeah, all right. So we are telling you people... Please do not text and drive because there's a big possibility you will not get cosmic powers. You might, but we don't. We don't want you to do that.
1: You might cross over the rainbow bridge into some other dimension and Patricio, not come back to
0: this one. But Patricio, we know you're listening to the show right now in your car on the way to work today. Do not, I repeat, do not text and drive. Dormammu, I've come to bargain. So, yeah, I I just feel with this movie. It is a very cool thing, you know, because not just because of the story, but because of the visuals. The visuals overall are mind blowing, and when, when I assess, saw, mind warping, bending. Oh even. yeah, let's do the time warp again. And like when I saw this movie, the preview showing in 2016, I saw it in 3D because if you have to see a movie like this, that's how you see it. You see it in the mind bending over-the-topness that Real D 3D gives you. And it's a reminder that, man, Disney are, in fact, the kings of this format. (laughs) And they're aware that extra few dollars you spend will make it worth it. Like, I'm going to see Rampage this week, and by the time this episode is released, I will have already seen it, etc., etc. But when I got my ticket for it, did I do 3D? No. 2D. Because I know... It's not going to have that level of oomph that this movie did, you know? Sure. And like I said, when you're looking at the hand scene, and you know exactly what I mean when I see, say the hand scene with the fingers and the hands coming out of the fingers. Yes. Stuff like that is creepy, yes. trippy, but it's delivering the intended Message it's trying to send.
1: Yeah, I had to uh, kind of go advancing on my notes because the first part of seeing the hands, where of course that is Stephen Strange's trademark and what he specializes in, and then having them be sliced by his car's windshield, getting 11 stainless steel rods in them, and seeing that as they're being suspended, held in front of him to the surgeries, and still, you know, shaking when he's going to do and getting the training. And then again, part of the time-warping thing is having his hands, a shot of his hands, hands open, but seeing each finger sprout its own little hand. Yeah. It's it's unnerving. It's worse than telling two friends, and they told two friends, and so on and so on. Who heard it from a friend? Who? Kevin Cronin, back to your cage. (laughs)
0: This is why I appreciate you so much. Great.
1: Anyway. Somebody's got to get the music references by gum.
0: So, like I said, with the visual of the effects, it it just it works so well. And I feel if this movie had come out earlier, we would not have gotten the overall impact of it.
1: No, probably not.
0: It would have looked awful.
1: I was trying to think of one of the first or at least one notable part of, of humor, just slightly injected in there. And that has to do when Stephen is kicked out of the Ancient One's residence, banging on the door to get back in, please, please, please. Uh, the assistant there is saying he's been out there for five hours, he's still here, uh, who is uh, Mordo, actually, yes, the, who black, become- the black character, who becomes a bad guy eventually by the end of the movie he is turned and twisted by what he has been revealed with respect to the ancient one and using the power into make it your own you know method but him then all of a sudden leaning against this door to get back in and the door suddenly being opened you don't see him and all of a sudden you hear thank you
0: yeah there's a little humor right there and i feel like one of the biggest contributors of humor for this movie is a character that's not a character If that makes sense.
1: It's a sling ring. No. You can't do anything without that, apparently. I'm talking about the cape. The cloak of levitation.
0: The cloak of levitation, in my opinion... Personality of its own. It shows you. It was very reminiscent to myself of the rug from the movie Aladdin. (laughs) Sure. Okay. Right down to the personality. And there's there's one scene that really got me when... The cloak of levitation gets onto Steven, and you just see the little things on the sides smacking him in the face ever so slightly. Just ever Like a, so like a collar of it, just yeah. hitting him on each side of it. Stop, you know, he says. And just the subtle motion of that. Yep. That made that scene work. The cloak defends
1: him, is beating up the adversary. Getting him wrapped up, it's a very great thing. And, and of course, the other characters being surprised that it chose him. So it saw some quality. And maybe, if we cross into another dimension, how a certain green-powered ring chose its wearer.
0: You stop it with this DC stuff, Eddie. Uh, dun- dun,
1: <laughs> don't. It's inevitable.
0: I'm going to have to send you off to the Fortress of Solitude. You're going to look at chandeliers have, all day. I'll <laughs> have good lighting for that.
1: Don't think that was a purchase, because it would not show up in any household here.
0: But now, Eddie, also with this movie, you have the overall incorporation that is going to lead us into... The Eye of Agamotto. Yeah. You know, that item will eventually play a major role in this month's, man, that's a weird thing to say, (laughs) Infinity War. Yeah, yeah. And
1: how the Eye of Agamotto could make you eat an apple, put it back together, eat an apple, put it back together,
0: or watch it decay—that uh, too. Darmamu, I've, I've com- come to bargain. <laughs> this apple is really bad. I don't want to pay for it. But yeah, I think the this is the connection. The Eye of Agamotto, which will connect with Thanos, and would you? Where does this? Where does this? Infinity gem, infinity stone, whatever we're going with for this. Stone gem, Kuna Matata. Same thing. Where does this compare to the other ones for yourself? Is this one of the... Would you say this is one of the most important gems or it's eh? You know what? I have not really put them on a... uh, A
1: ranking. Ranking. Just like all the movies. (laughs) They have equal importance and meaning and significance. I would say this is actually one of the most
0: important ones. Just oh, so, cons- it's,
1: so it's not on the thumb part of the uh,
0: Infinity Gauntlet, hey? And I think I think it's very important because it's controlling time. You know, and you time can stone. go backwards, yeah. do fo- go forwards. Yes. As we you find out... What we get to turn back
1: time. Oh, share.
0: Great. I'm not going to share anything, Eddie. You
1: better not. Not in what she wore in that video. Oh, my.
0: Oh, my. <laughs> <laughs> George Takai, get out of here. <laughs> okay. Told you. <laughs> but yeah so I think that the time stone is helpful and it's it's going to be a major contributing factor in this film and to see how Stephen interacts with you know the cosmic powers and all that the mysticism he, it's definitely an example of a guy who is doing his absolute best. And I think the way you saw
1: and the amount of time that the the Eye of Agamotto had in this and eventually you did hear the phrase Infinity Stone come up. I think Wong had said it really at the end to say to say uh, and I'll get to that line because it's at the end of the notes as well. But there's only two and I think this is where key things are only done a couple times not to totally impress upon you but enough so you know what this thing can do him first discovering it taking it off of its casing or its stand him putting it around his neck and it opening up doing its thing it also creating the band around his wrist when he confronted Dormammu and that was key to him being able to move and manipulate time much the same as when it was already too late when he had first arrived at the third sanctum sanctorum in Hong Kong, prior to the ones being of course in New York and London. So seeing that gives you an idea of the you know the, the capacity of this timestone. Green, good color.
0: And going back over to the timestone, you know, we wanna also address another question posed to us by BJ Booth was making the climax of Dormammu, a joke, a good move. Is it easier to see the reasoning after a second viewing? And I actually feel, yes, it's a joke by, you you know, utilizing the whole Dormammu, I've come to bargain. But by making a joke, it is a joke, but it's not really, you it's know? It's not really. And
1: Dormammu in his, in his awesomeness, meaning, you know, he doesn't have a form per se... But you can see but a, such large, a, cool a large, a large eyes and and face and so on doesn't have a, a form like a regular sized human being would be in the comics have had. You give him substance there, you know, he becomes like like an ego that we know from the comics as being not just a human sized person. Like we'll find out in the next episode
0: of next week's episode, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two.
1: Yes, awesome. Mix. Part two. Yeah. Good stuff in there. Just giving you a nice heads up. Mm-hmm. A nice heads
0: up. Eddie really did his homework for this one. That's all I'm going to say.
1: Yeah. Yeah, some extra time in, in that one, and it'll it'll come through, like You'll, it or
0: otherwise. You're going to dig what he what he has for you. But, yeah, also.
1: In I didn't re- think it was a joke is where I'm going here. I didn't think it was a joke yeah. about the repetition of Dramamo, I've come to bargain. It was humorous with his, you're, what are you doing? That that was funny. He starts breaking down, and, yeah, almost like a Ronan from the first Guardians
0: What are you doing? But otherwise, I wouldn't say... It was a joke, but it wasn't. It was like a 50-50 kind of thing. It's like one of my jokes. It's funny, but not really. Yeah, true. But... True that. Mm -hmm. Then, you know... Here's your funny joke. The cameo of Stan Lee. And it was actually... He's, I believe, reading Aldous uh, Huxley's... Huxley? Aldous Huxley? I believe so. Okay.
1: Let me... I know him from Brave New World, but I didn't see quite get, and I even stopped it to try and get the title of what he was reading, where on the bus he blurts out, that is hilarious. All I could see was the something of perception, the door, maybe the doors
0: of perception. It was Doors of Perception by Aldous Huxley. Got it. And believe it or not, in the alternate takes, you know, the other cameos, there was one, and I'm so disappointed that it wasn't used. It's Stan sitting on the bus reading one of the Garfield Digests, paperback collections, you know, the little uh, okay. rectangles. I love those things. I have a ton of them. But he's reading a Garfield one, and he's literally hooting and hollering and saying, he hates Mondays but loves lasagna. I am so sad that that never that made the cutting room floor.
1: That was a part Gilbert Gottfried moment, by the way. Eh, kind of.
0: But Gilbert Gottfried's Amazing Colossal Podcast. But wow, that has to be an acronym, just because. With Frank Santo Padre, but anyway,
1: <laughs> I, I'm looking now because now that I've, it dawned on me, this Doors of Perception. I, I swear I have this book as well. Really? Yeah, because I think part of an inspiration for the group, the Doors, it was, is from this, and so that's why. And I'm being a Doors fan from when I first discovered them. It was 1980, but and read some biographies and so on
0: yeah hey BCD
1: Blondie Cars Doors is that where you're going mm-hmm. my top three from the video.
0: I, I used to like for a long time when you pointed that out to me I forgot that it was BCD not and, and not ABC so I'm like who's the A I don't know who the A is <laughs> well it's not ABBA
1: like them, but you know eh. it's not ACDC mama mia it's not ABC <laughs> the group
0: oh here I go again
1: yeah it's not Except. shall I continue
0: it's not Paul Abdul. Okay, Eddie. <laughs> <laughs> Brian Adams? <laughs> the wrestler? We're... No. Okay. Anyway. This so, is hilarious. So now one of the other things about this movie is the post-credit scene and the mid-credit scene. Okay. You're skipping down there. Okay. A little bit because we're a little bit pressed for time yeah. now. Yeah. Okay. But the mid-credit scene is actually kind of just... I believe a scene that we just eventually see in Thor Ragnarok and which is fine, you know, whatever it's featuring bottomless beer for Thor.
1: Oh yeah. Isn't that a great
0: thing? And you know, that also gives us our next fan question pertaining to Thor and Dr. Strange. Aubrey Scott asks, how long do Dr. Strange and Thor team up for to fight off the villains and will one die or be weakened? And that's a very good question.
1: Yeah, we didn't see too much... Well, we, this is a advanced question, I guess, for um, Infinity War. Yeah. Because they haven't teamed up yet. They've teamed up, they've met each other, and Thor is in consultation with, with Doctor Strange. And the only thing I could think of with you mentioning the question was one of them being weakened, will Thor from
0: Ragnarok losing an eye? I also say... Doctor Strange is going to be weakened as well, because he, if he loses... He may lose
1: an eye of Agamotto. Oh, very funny.
0: Very good. Hey, eye for an eye. This is hilarious. But the thing is, if he loses that, he loses half of his powers. He has the ability to, you know, create those little uh, weapons, but... Sling ring, portal. Yeah. Yeah. What else does he really have? Although, hey, we don't know everything he has just yet. We don't. I think in the comics, and
1: I haven't extensively read... You know, and there's another question also involving other characters in terms of a sequel, Doctor Strange sequel. But you know, we we haven't gotten the full scope of
0: Doctor Strange and uh, his world and character world. And speaking of sequel, you know, Darren Heidman asks, "What characters would you want to see in a Doctor Strange sequel, and what actors would you want to see portray them?"
1: I could really only think of one from the uh, limited amount of Doctor Strange information that I retain, and that would be. I think the main female in his life, and that was Clea, who had or was sort of kind of, I, I guess you know the the supportive female to the to the comic storyline and so on, and uh, not too shabby in whatever attire she was portrayed in. Yowza, yowza. <laughs> or was that the Chachi Chachi way of saying to Joni?
0: Are we really referencing what? Scott Bale on this podcast? Why not?
1: <laughs> so many other things come into play, like your
0: ripped pants. Well, yeah. But anyway, yowza, yowza, yowza! I just find it interesting, you know. I I don't really have a pick. If I had to do something, I would maybe go with. Hey, Fox deal goes through. Do a you know loose adaptation of Doctor Doom, Doctor Strange, Triumph and Torment. Go with something like that. <laughs> They're both doctors. I uh, no,
1: but Clea, I thought, and I partially thought of Shirley's Theron as in that role.
0: The but fact that, she's not in the Marvel Universe is surprising. Well, wow. maybe it's going to happen. Who knows?
1: Maybe I called it and didn't know. I'm a precognitive.
0: But otherwise, I thought There's of... There's a pill for that, Eddie. Who did I
1: think? <laughs> take two and call me in the morning. I thought of Hayden Panettiere. I have a I have a soft spot for her, since I saw her in, in Heroes. Okay. And that's why Nashville is on my dvr to catch up on also. <laughs> and blind spot because of Lady Sif and the rest from the disenchanted guys yeah righty, from the other the other shows yeah
0: and then we you know like i said we get the post-credit scene involving Mordo, and Mordo essentially in that scene becoming a villain yeah yeah you know prefaced by
1: what was building throughout the movie and even saying towards the end the bill comes due always there are consequences for you know changing the natural order that kind of thing which is a good you know
0: reality check In general, not taking a side in either case. Now, when I watched this movie for the first time, and even on this rewatch, because I forgot a lot of stuff, I never knew Mordo was a bad guy. So watching this movie, although with a name like Mordo, you got to be a bad guy. I think so, yeah. But him becoming a bad guy, it was a little bit of a surprise, his personification in this film. Good guy, really, you know, worked well with, you know, Stephen and Wong. And there was significant character development there, too, to see the path. And I think another
1: viewing for myself would really help me see how, oh, yeah, he really, you know, he saw no other way. But this is how he had to had to become and thought in his own mind, probably, that he was doing the right thing. Where what you're also seeing, though, is him losing grip on, on reality, I think, and, and getting a little bit mad. Losing his perception. Crazy, crazy mad kind of thing. Yeah, perspective, perception, and, and that kind of thing. Because when he goes to Pangborn, the character... Penguin? Right.
0: Pangborn. Penguin. The Who, who healed that...
1: himself, apparently, which we don't know the full story of, but the character that was played by Benjamin Bratt and, you know, about to you know end his life saying, um, I see at last what's wrong with the world. Too many sorcerers. That's a hell of an ending. Yeah. Because maybe Mordo sees Pangborn as having become sorcerer-like and saying this can't be the the power that is can be distorted and usurped and and used in the wrong way and he's so disillusioned by what happened with the ancient one who did admit that she did use and you know turn things around bent things to her will and so on so he's thinking now he's alone in his cause and going to do the right thing by uh eliminating anybody else who could potentially wield these kind of powers correct hell of an ending except for the mid credit scene with when Thor gets through to Strange and, and he finally says, okay, uh, uh, allow me to help you. I did notice something different in that scene, by the way. Doctor
0: Strange, if I'm seeing correctly, is now wearing gloves on his hands. Correct. He's, con- he's, he's fully adapting that personification of what Doctor Strange is supposed to be. Yep. A strange man. <laughs> People are strange. So now, Eddie, before we go, let's get into our overall critique of the film so i'll go first this movie on my initial viewing and over the past two, almost two years talking about it my biggest complaint was this i'm sick of seeing superhero origin stories i get it i know the general movie going audience doesn't know who these characters are sometimes but man i'm sick of origin stories Honestly, it wasn't that great of a movie. I mean, it was good, but it wasn't that great. But it was fun. Whatever. Cool thing to look at. Oh, how Road to Infinity War has changed my feeble (laughs) little mind. So, since my initial viewing, I ended up watching it again recently as a part of this Road to Infinity War. I fell in love with the movie. And... It made me want to learn more about this character, made me enjoy everything I was seeing on the screen. And, you know, BJ in in his questions, in all, you know, 5,000 of his questions, why is this a more enjoyable movie at home than it it was in the theaters? I would say it was a very enjoyable movie in the theaters, again, if you saw it in 3D, but you are more focused on seeing it in front of you, small, whatever, and these big, grandiose visuals are further emphasized on a smaller screen, you know?
1: Yeah, but it, now is it just Darren who made that observation or was no, it that, a general no, that's, that's consensus? B, that's BJ. That, BJ, I'm sorry, that said uh, more enjoyable on the small screen than in the theater.
0: That, that it's more enjoyable? Yes, he did.
1: That and, was his own hypotenuse, or something.
0: Yeah, and my my belief is it's because it's these grand, large visuals on a small screen, as opposed to when you're seeing it on the big screen. Oh, look how large and over the top this is! Well, this is normal. This is the big screen. We're supposed to see fish like this.
1: Okay. All right. So I, I, I wasn't sure I if you had the uh, same came away with that same feeling or not. Okay.
0: I would say Good. it it definitely is a much more enjoyable experience when you're watching it by yourself at home. You know.
1: Yeah, I could go along with uh, with that. Sure.
0: And the runtime absolutely helped. Shorter movie, I believe, an hour and 56 minutes. Yep, that sounds right. And well-paced, not a dull moment in sight. That was a major thing. Most of the time I will say, oh, it it had its down moments. This movie did not have its down moments.
1: If it was down, it was just for you to recover from what you were seeing and feeling. If it was, Just to take it all in and absorb, okay, well, that, that just meant, okay, well, this goes to this, or, okay.
0: If it was down, it was the ancient one crashing through glass and then onto the ground. Uh, Oh, my God, was that the most brutal death uh, in a Marvel movie ever. Holy crap.
1: Thanks for reminding me, but some of the ways that Dormammu killed off Strange was all of a sudden spikes shooting diagonally up through Stephen Strange's body standing there. That was one way, having him be vaporized, essentially. This Uh, movie was brutal. Yeah, there were some shocking scenes like that, I thought, too.
0: And like I said, when you see... It was disturbingly real-looking seeing the Ancient One crash through that glass well, in yeah. the sky. Yeah. And you just see her body crumple. hmm I've never seen something like that in a movie like this. And it did make me feel uncomfortable. It's like, I really didn't want to see that.
1: Yeah, that's right. hmm
0: So now I would say, you know, it was a fun movie. And it was a great character yeah. arc. There were fun parts in there.
1: But I don't know if that's the first word, descriptive adjective that would come to mind as if I had to describe it in one word. Fun, you mean? I don't know if it is. If fun is the right is the right word, uh, to a degree it was. It was I would say it was mind blowing or pretty intense. Not based in reality or but just a distortion of of, the, of how that unfolded. So a lot of t- accepting of what was coming to you and absorbing it, that kind of thing. So I think another viewing would would give me a little bit higher opinion a little more higher ranking because i'm kind of in between quarters in my ranking
0: and when you know my initial ranking of this movie back in the day was i want to say dark world status not dark world status hulk but, but close it was close it was very close if we're being honest okay and now that ranking changed because as you know i'm currently editing my list man I just, I cannot get over how drastic of a change this was. And this is a movie, whenever I would give people my rankings initially, people were like, wow, you're really ranking it that low?
1: Yeah.
0: And I believe even yourself, you were surprised that I ranked it that low back in the day. Um,
1: Yeah, or just a surprise of you ranking it significantly higher now.
0: Oh, it happened. So... <laughs> What I'm going to do is, I guess I'll go in my ranking first, and then I'll reveal, like, my score and all that good stuff. So, coming in at number 13, Thor, The Dark World. Number 12, Iron Man 3. Number 11, Incredible Hulk. Number 10, where Doctor Strange normally used to be, Iron Man 2. Number 9, Captain America, The First Avenger. Number eight, Avengers Age of Ultron. Number seven, Avengers, Avengers Assemble in the UK. Number six, Thor. Wait a minute, where's where's Doctor Strange? It's not showing up yet. Yes. Stay tuned, true believers. Number five, Iron Man. Number four, Captain America. Number three, Doctor Strange. That's a hell of a jump. Yeah. Number two, Captain America, The Winter Soldier. Number one. Tie, Ant-Man, and Guardians of the Galaxy. Eddie, how's it looking in the pyramid over by you? Because right now for me, that, that Doctor Strange got a 5 out of 5. Okay, well,
1: not quite the same, although you know, I've been mostly kind to, to these movies, and this is no exception. Especially Dark World. Especially Dark World, okay. because nothing Hulk. Nothing lower than a 3.5. All right, so for this 14th movie top of my list remains Captain America Winter Soldier, tied with Guardians of the Galaxy, tied with Iron Man. Those are fives. And Avengers. So we've got a four-way tie at the top. Taking a step down at a 4.75 remains Thor and Captain America the First Avenger. Now at a four and a half, Iron Man 2. Ant Man and Doctor Strange, four and a half for Doctor Strange.
0: Not bad. I can so, see that.
1: Yeah, yeah. And part of that, I think, I was I was contemplating a four point seven five, but like Ant Man, Doctor Strange, a new character, a B listed character, and did very strong. So I mean, I could even say perhaps a four and a half plus, four point five plus, if we if we want to go there. But continuing on now, down to a 4.25, a tie with Iron Man 3, Avengers Age of Ultron, and Captain America Civil War, no Guns N' Roses included. Wow, wow. Because I have plenty of them otherwise. Dropping down now to a 4, Incredible Hulk, and at the bottom, with a a 3.5, Thor The Dark World. And there you go.
0: Now, Eddie... You might not be here for this next upcoming episode, but you will be there in... in spirit. Audio in spirit.
1: musical spirit. Oh, what an entry. Wait a minute. Let me get my notes for that one. Big green paper here. That's because a big green paper. We'll start with our traditional Nick Fury. There was... An idea. An idea. Okay. And the Marvelous intro with the Iron Man music bed underneath it. You will be treated to... An interlude of, I'd say, ten
0: out of the I believe fourteen songs. People, I love how he's so prepared for this. This In Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two, you are more of a professional than I will ever be. So, just
1: something to work on, please. True, and this is a work in progress that I. I also need to shower more. Oh boy! So about a minute and forty-five seconds of ten songs from the soundtrack to Guardians Volume Two, and then there'll be a post-credit. Breakdown of not breakdance, but a breakdown of the 1990s characters. Whereas with the first Guardians, they were briefly introduced in this second Guardians movie, they'll be described a little bit more, and you'll hear Captain America in there also. The words it refers to, of all things, a ship. Holy ship! Right, exactly. You don't have to loop that around either. I don't, and there'll be a looping of. Fleetwood Max The Chain, serving as a background. That chain loops. For the description of the uh, characters. Coming from the 1990s, Guardians, to, uh, you know, mix things up a little bit. An awesome mix at that.
0: So now, once again, people, give that movie a rewatch for Our Road to Infinity War, and you'll be joined with us next week, where we're covering Guardians of the Galaxy, Volume 2. Spoilers, you're going to be hearing me really talk about this movie heavily in detail. And it's not just coming as a Star-Lord fanboy, but from personal experience. So, be there. for all the ink that goes onto that tattoo. Oh, yeah. So now, Eddie, before we go, we got to talk about something else that's been going on. Uh, yeah. Stitcher.com slash premium. You sign up for a free one-month trial. And when you sign up for that trial, guess what you get? What do you get? A ton of content that you are only available to listen to on Stitcher Premium, including Marvel's podcast venture Wolverine The Long Night. Right now, they are up to episode number six, and people, I gotta tell you, it is worth checking out. So, when you go to slash premium and use that promo code Marvelists, correct, you're going to be able to get a free one month trial. And once that free one month trial is over, if you want to stay, and should you not go now, you will be paying $4.99 a month for the ability to use Stitcher Premium and access to all the upcoming episodes of Wolverine the Long Night. So also before we go, let's tell the good folks at home how they can be able to follow this program and check out all the good stuff we've been posting. Go on Facebook.com slash The Marvelous. And you will be able to like our page. Go on the Twitter at The Marvelous. Give us a follow ski on there. Go on Twitter as well at Peter Melnick. Give me a follow yourself. Dormammu E. Wilson 959. There we go. You can also find us on Instagram at The Marvelous. And drop us an email. Questions, comments, strongly worded letters. We take them all. The Marvelous at gmail.com and also be sure to rate review and subscribe on itunes we're also available for all ios and android devices tons of podcasting apps just search marvelous you'll find us even the soundcloud app so we're there too we're there wherever you want to be we're a podcast
1: the road to infinity war
0: is getting near its end but what will happen next? Stay tuned and find out on the next episode of... The Marvelous. So, for Peter Melnick, I'm Peter Melnick. Good Lord, he is. I'm Eddie Wilson.
1: Excelsior. Eddie, I think it's obsessed with... Marvel. The 2500 question book takes us now to... I gotta tell you, Eddie,
0: that's like... or 249. It's a lot of questions, Eddie. I'm done with the joke. This is dumb. You're dang right. It's an
1: educational experience. And now, question number 663 Who was not an original member of the Sinister Syndicate?
0: Your choices are. Why do they always ask these kind of questions? It's killing me.
1: Yeah. Rhino, Blacklash, Boomerang, or Speed Demon, who was not an original member of the Sinister Syndicate? Rhino, Blacklash, Boomerang,
0: Speed Demon. Rhino and Boomerang both sound familiar for that kind of group. Yeah, and I, I think Speed Demon is also. So we want to go with Backrash.
1: I'm going with Backrash. Blacklash. That's B. Here we go. Correct. A. That has to inspire and must take us to... Another question.
0: Yeah, let's, let's go, so, let's I'm go so three. I'm so glad that this, that this does it. You want to go three? We're going to do Beastie Boys. Three the hard way.
1: What? Is that right? Mm-hmm.
0: Okay. No sleep till Brooklyn. Hey, got to um, fight to your right to the party. That's exactly right, which you may hear on the radio so one of these days. Eggman. That's next.
1: What, what, what? I am the Eggman. I am the Mandarin. No. Question number 1560. With a fortune cookie. <sighs> he's here, but he's not here. It's complicated. Which of Thor's nemesis did the Hulk first battle in The Incredible Hulk number 125? And that's from 1970. And I think I read this one. I think I have this issue. Shame on me if I don't get it right. What? Lucky you. Lucky me. Okay. The Absorbing Man, the Grey Gargoyle, Loki, or Mr. Hyde. Which of Thor's nemesis did the Hulk first battle in The Incredible Hulk? Number one twenty five. Gray Gargoyle. Absorbing Man. Gray Gargoyle. Loki. Mister Hyde. You say the Gray Gargoyle? I am torn between that and the Absorbing
0: Man. I'm actually going more towards Absorbing Man. I'm going a
1: Absorbing Man, and that is correct. A two
0: for two. Good change, right? That
1: yeah yeah.
0: (laughs) (laughs) yeah. You looked so disappointed. Like like.
1: I was going to select my answer anyway. Okay. Uh, Now let's go forward here. uh, And the question is 1739.
0: I need a copy of this book. I'm not going to lie.
1: How much time is that going to take on the Xerox machine? Okay. What? The question is, which race did Interloper belong to? The human race. This is going to seal the deal, I think. Which race did Interloper belong to? Was it the Asgardians, the Inhumans, the Eternals, or the Deviants? The Interloper. Eternals. Asgardian, Inhuman, Eternal, Deviant. You think it's Eternal? Mm-hmm. What about you? I don't think it's Asgardians or Inhumans. <sighs> Eternals or Deviants? Do, 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 do. All right, fine, Eternals. It's correct. Boom! 3 for 3. We're going out on a high note. Oh ah. ah.